Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Wyndham Championship DFS preview. And joining me as he does every single week, it's Greg Ducharme. Greg, how are you holding up after that major championship? Are you, wow. are you ready to refocus? Where are we at? Well, I'll be honest, and I don't say this very often. So <laughs> I get to tell, I'll, I'll start this off with a quick story. You know, I, I like my stories, Rick. So yeah. um, when, I had, when, when my wife and I had our, our first baby, Mac, I had a rule. I was kind of just getting into a new job and things were crazy. And we had this um, new baby. We're in, living in a one bedroom apartment. Things are crazy and the hours are crazy. And I made this rule with myself that I would never admit that I was tired. It was the only way I could handle all the, I could handle everything, right? Because now all of a sudden you go from working one job that was much lighter to a more intense job, more intense hours, more important hours. And more important hours at home too. So you go to work, you come home and work again. Now your wife says, okay, now I'm off and you want to be a good guy, right? So my rule was never admit you're tired. Today, I'm tired. Oh, so uh, the PGA championship uh, has nearly broken me, but here we are. And, you know, being on here with you guys, I'm pretty fired up about it. So yeah, I would say my focus is gaining again. I had a Phil Mickelson cup of coffee and I think I'm ready to go. There you go. We're going to catch that second wind because I feel like, I mean, we have the Wyndham this week, which I, I like this tournament a lot. And then we're going to go right into the playoffs. We're going to get to wing foot before you know it. Like there's, we're just going to have to catch our second wind. There's not a lot of time to, to take time. a nap. Yeah. Let's... Look, the time for a nap is, you know, between somewhere around 11 o'clock at night and five o'clock in the morning. You catch your, catch your next wind in there. So yeah, I'm, feel, I'm, I'm ready to go. As we speak, I'm catching my second wind. Let, Wyndham's off. The Wyndham is one of the most underrated tournaments on tour. It's great. It's a great tournament every year. So I'm really looking forward to it. You could say we're catching our second Wyndham. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, all right. Uh, don't forget, we are on YouTube at First Cut Pod. Check us out on YouTube if you'd like to see the video version of this. We've got cool graphics and sometimes video and clips and all that good stuff. And make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at First Cut Pod. Sedgefield country club is the site for this week it has been the uh host course for the Wyndham championship dating back to 2008 so we've got plenty of great course history and greg this is your donald ross bermuda grass design we know all all of the donald ross courses uh it's a par 70 playing about 7100 yards and if Past history is any indication, Greg. You are going to need to make a lot of birdies if you want to win this golf tournament. No doubt about it. It's not an overly long golf course. Uh, it is some. It, it's definitely tree lined. It's somewhat narrow, but typically the rough isn't too high, and uh, guys are getting after it. You have some smaller greens, but they're they're quite interesting. They definitely have some slope to them. I would say 
I, I don't do. I don't know if you agree. They have a lot of slope for Bermuda greens. I, I think you know, I, especially the they 18th do. hole has a ton of slope on it. So uh, it it does make for some really fun watching. You're going to see the ball moving around on the greens. It can get firm and fast at times. So it it's a uh, it's always a good showing. And the storylines this week are always fantastic. I, I think you mentioned this. Uh, I guess it was last night, Sunday night in our PGA championship recap, you know, we get to see the FedEx cup points thing um, all year long. However, the fact that they're changing so quickly this week, and uh, this is where you really start to see that every shot matters type of situation for guys who want to play next week. That's right. And it paints the picture for the rest of the year. So when you're watching in like, look, when, when you're watching on say, Thursday and they're showing projected points during the middle of, of, uh, of June, it, it doesn't necessarily have a lot of, it, it doesn't really catch your attention. It doesn't yeah. have the same effect that it does this week, this, but, but it really does count. It really does matter. It's just, you don't get a chance to see it until this week. And now everybody that's on the bubble for getting into the playoffs, I know everybody's going to keep their card, but still getting to the Northern trust, getting into the playoffs, elevating your status and making a ton of money is still, I mean, that's all up for grabs. So um, you're going to see the volatility and I guarantee the guys are going to be feeling the pressure out there. I mentioned past champions, uh, JT Poston, your defending champion, Brant Snedeker the year before, Henrik Stenson in 2017, and Siwoo Kim in 2016. All of them won at either 21 or 22 under par. So this is a situation where when your guy goes out and shoots 66 on you know, Thursday or Friday, like he might not be making up ground on the rest of the field, depending on what scoring conditions are. You're going to have to shoot five under every day and maybe a six under round if you want to win this golf tournament. Yeah. And there are lower scores than that out there. Right. So if you're, but here's the thing, it's, it's very often on the PGA tour. And I would love to know the statistic on this a couple of years ago, I think it was 73% of, of players who won on tour were ended the first round in the top 10. And I don't know if there's an updated stat on that, um, but it, it is so often that guys near the lead, not necessarily in the lead, but guys near the lead after the first day are the guys that end up winning towards the end of the tournament. So, and it's for that reason, exactly. You're not going to go out there. You can't rely on shooting 64, 65, like Colin Morikawa did this weekend. Right. And, and this week that would probably be the equivalent of like a 62, 63, or 61, 62, who, know, who knows what the, uh, what the transition is. But the point is, you got to gain ground every day. And you're right, four under, I mean, that could have you in tied, you know, 18th at the end of the day. So they're going to get after it, and you got to get going right away. Adam Svensson shot a 61 last year. Notoriously, uh, Brant Snedeker shot that 59 in the opening round two years ago. That was en route to victory. So there are certainly some low scores out there. And then, Greg, you know what I do. I run this, this model every week and find out what types of golfers fit well for each course. And I love using it at courses that have great course history. I mentioned Sedgefield Country Club back to 2008. Uh, so that's a lot of great course history that we have built up there. The three most important stats that the model came up with were driving accuracy, or actually I shouldn't say the three most important models. I'll say the types of players 
uh, that have the best success at Sedgefield are accurate drivers of the golf ball, guys who lead in birdie or better percentage because you're going to have to make a bunch of them, and then actually strokes gain putting, which doesn't pop up a lot, Greg. But it, yeah. it pops up in these type of events, the ones where you're going to have to make a lot of birdies. And when you, when you hit it to 15 feet and everybody in the field hits it to 15 feet all week, it's going to be the guys that are, st- that are rolling them in. So those, those well, were the important stats that popped up for me. Look, that's, we talked about this after the PGA a little bit. When you have uh, a golf course like TPC Harding Park, where you have some really long par fours with tucked hole locations, it, the the players who are the best ball strikers, this is tr- also true when greens get really firm and fast. Guys who hit the ball the best, the best ball strikers, they hit the best shots. They hit it closest. They have the most opportunities for birdies, and they often end up winning. On a golf course like this, although it can get firm over the weekend especially, and there are times when it's firm, you have a lot of shorter clubs into the greens. So guys that aren't necessarily known for their ball striking, they can still hit it close. They end up with a lot of wedges. And it, it leads to a lot of birdie opportunities for everybody, and that ultimately leads to uh, a putting contest. And even in rough, you, if you miss the fairway, you got to keep it within the trees. But if you miss the fairway and you're in the rough, you still can use loft to get the ball to stop on the green. So it, it really opens up the playing field. And you're you're likely to see long hitters in the mix who have really good putting weeks. You're likely to see some short hitters in the mix who have uh, really good putting weeks. But I'm totally with you. Putting is going to be crucial this week. $10,000 range is headlines by Brooks. Kepka, 11,400. We'll have to figure out what the heck to do with him. Webb Simpson, uh, the Webb Simpson Open, 11,200. Patrick Reed at 10,007. Tommy Fleetwood at 10,005. And Paul Casey at 10,003 on DraftKings. Greg, let's just start with Brooks Kepka. Uh, he has been a ball striking dynamo for two and a half weeks. Uh, his Sunday round at the PGA Championship was the second worst score posted by anybody on Sunday. He now heads into the Wyndham, a place that he hasn't played since 2015, which, oh, by the way, he finished sixth. As the most expensive golfer, what in the world are we doing with Brooks Koepka? I'm so much on the fence with this one, Rick. And there's, a, there's so many reasons why. One, you definitely feel like he's trending in the right direction. But the question I have, the concern that I have with Brooks is that everything was working towards this peak last week. And I think Brooks may have peaked kind of in like round one. And it's been a little bit of a decline ever since. So I, I, I definitely have my concerns about Brooks. I'm not, I'm not going to go out there and say that he doesn't care because I know Brooks is, is really grinding on his game. The fact that he's playing this week is honestly um, quite surprising to me. But it tells me that he, needs, he feels like he needs reps. He feels like he needs to, to play and compete. And, I mean, maybe that's a little bit of spring training, but it's certainly not, not caring. He's not disregarding the event. If he was disregarding the event after a major, he, he'd take a week off. I mean, you've got three weeks in a row of playoffs after this, hopefully, if you're Brooks, <laughs> yeah. um, right? You hope to have three weeks, but that's certainly not guaranteed. And he, he's played a lot lately, right? He played, um, he played the week before the PGA. He played PGA, he played 3M, he played Memorial, he played Workday. He has played a lot of events in a row, uh, and that is a serious grind for a guy who's known to not care about regular PGA Tour events. 
This is, yeah, this will be a sixth straight week of playing. He's 92nd in the FedEx Cup standing. So he's certainly, I mean, he's got a little bit of work to do. I don't think you can necessarily yeah. take a week off. I think what's most interesting, though, is this $10,000 range, it kind of starts and ends with Webb Simpson. So the rest of these other guys, like if you want to get a nice pivot off of Webb, there's an opportunity there for Brooks Kepka, for Patrick Reed, for, for Tommy Fleetwood, and for, and for Paul Casey. Uh, because Webb is the guy that I think correct, correctly will suck up the vast majority of the ownership. I mean, literally the thing you're going to hear 50 times on, on the telecast this, this week is uh, this guy loves this event so much he named his daughter Wyndham. Like, boom, there it is. That's, that's the one thing you're going to hear 55 times. And, like, it's not wrong. Webb is – he is absolutely – dominate it here i want to pull up uh i want to pull up his numbers because he won here in 2011 uh he has a second place finish last year a second place finish in 18 a third place finish in 2017 i mean just look at the at the list of results yeah. it's it seven is, he, he's made 11 starts rick right it's seven yeah. top tens in 11 starts he's made you have the numbers. it's like 3.7 million dollars in earnings here yeah. at window right yeah yeah, it's I, I have it at three point two in uh, eleven starts, ten cuts made, seven top tens, and like the best scoring average of anybody. So it's it's well deserved. It he and and his game it, it suits this golf course so well. You mentioned well, you got to make a lot of birdies. Okay, Webb is what first in birdie average. Okay, in this um, field. Yep. Yeah, you got to make birdies on par fours. Well, Webb, if he's not right now, he was first in par four scoring average. Right, you. Short irons, wedges, who's better? There's nobody better than Webb Simpson. That's where you're going to – and he's, what, fifth in strokes game putting? So every single aspect of this golf course checks the box for Webb. And he loves it. And he's got a history here. And it's a hometown game. All signs point to Webb. So the question is, can you really afford to pass up on Webb Simpson? If Webb finishes, say, T4, and you have him and so does everybody else, is that – like, are, are you missing out if you don't have him and he finishes inside the top five but maybe doesn't win? Man, I guess it would depend on what the other guys do in this range, but probably. I mean, I, I think there are very specific situations. There's like four or five times a year where it's a web course, and this is the web course of all web courses. So if you're going to play him, which I think you should, um, I'll just differentiate somewhere else because this is also not a very – you know, at least not, not as strong of a field as we have seen in the last hand. Obviously, the PJ Championship is a completely different animal. There are a lot of different ways that you can differentiate and get guys that, you know, the public might not be as in tune with further down the board. So I have no problem eating the chalk with Webb Simpson. Yeah, so he's definitely my guy in this. In this. I, I feel like it's almost too good to miss out on. It's so good that everybody's going to jump on board and – I mean, in, in a majority of your lineups, I think, I think not having Webb is going to cost you more pretty much regardless. Now, if you are going to pivot, you got to like Patrick Reed, right? I mean, Patrick yeah. Reed is the next guy that kind of pops out here as the, the next play, don't you think? Uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, he's, he's the guy that it doesn't matter what type of field it is. Uh, he shows up. He's the, he's the guy that makes a bunch of birdies. He's the guy who rolls it well. Um, he doesn't hit as many fairways as Webb Simpson, but that's a pretty, that's a pretty tough task. But yeah, no, he's, he's definitely, I think, the most natural pivot to a guy who has legitimate winning upside because you can argue, you can argue the winning upside of Tommy Fleetwood and Paul Casey. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. they, they haven't won a lot. Tommy Fleetwood's never won on the PGA Tour. Yeah. And Paul Casey has won what is it, Valspar is it really twice. One to- yeah, you're right. I, and I think that's like, like it, I think. Or maybe one other, but Valspar twice, I think. It, it's very limited for a guy of his talent. So um, there's definitely some concern there. That being said, Paul Casey did have one of his best weekends. It was his best major championship finish last week. You know he's feeling good, and the putting has looked as good as it ever has. Um, so Paul Casey's an interesting one. I just wonder if the, the emotion of last week, getting so close to winning a major championship for the first time at the age of 40, are you really going to come back the next week on the other coast and, and contend again? I, I just think that's a difficult thing to do. And I, I look at a Webb Simpson and a Patrick Reed who played some pretty good rounds, but they didn't necessarily contend. So that emotional stress was significantly lower. Let's talk about that because I, I do think it's interesting. I do, I do think there's something to it, not necessarily uh, – or also because it was after a major championship, but now they're flying across the country. I mean, they're going San Fran to Greensboro. But, but if you want to avoid the guys – well, I guess you could get guys that miss the cut, but everybody in this field down to Ryan Moore at $8,100 played last week. So, yeah, they, I mean – Like, I don't know. I mean, now, now – Sung Jay missed the cut. Sergio missed the cut. So you could argue they, you know, got two days off or whatever you want to call it. But I, I do think there's something with the grind. I just don't know what it is. Well, it, it's a very fine line because in one sense, okay, Paul Casey is playing great. Brooks Kepka, aside from, you know, aside from one round on Sunday, is playing great. So it's hard to penalize those guys for that. But I do think that it's not just walking around a golf course for 72 holes. It's not just uh, flying across the country. I mean, these guys travel all the time. So is that a grind? Yes. Um, And many of these guys, uh, definitely like a a Brooks Kepka and a Webb Simpson, as they said on the broadcast, they choose when they're playing lands, right? They they choose when it leaves. (laughs) So it's not that stressful of a, of a flight, but it definitely has an effect and you have a temperature change you're dealing with, but more than anything else, I, I think it's the emotion of nearly winning a major championship. He's on the 72nd hole with a putt that he thinks could get him into a playoff and that wears on you and it could pay off in a good way. It, it, there's a clear sign that he's playing well, but I think it kind of, I look at it as more of an exhale week than anything else. So my, my all signs to me are pointing to Webb Simpson and Patrick Reed would be a, would be a, a choice number two. The $9,000 range. Uh, an already small range gets a little bit smaller with Abraham Answer pulling out of this event. He's 9,700. Don't play him. Justin Rose at 99. Harris English at 93. Billy Horschel at 91. And Jordan Spieth at an even $9,000. Greg, uh, what are we doing here? Well, this is kind of an interesting range, right? Yeah. There's, there are uh, a lot of options. You look at a Justin Rose who is maybe on a resurgence. Was that round as emotionally draining for Justin Rose as it was for Paul Casey? You could certainly make that case. There are some guys I think you can probably comfortably rule out, like Jordan Spieth and Abraham Answer. Um, Harris <laughs> you could definitely Billy- comfortably rule out Abraham Answer. Yeah. No problem. Yeah, I would, that. that might be my best bet of the week tomorrow. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, uh, fade Answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, Justin Rose is captivating to me. I, I, I feel that he is on the rise with his game, and he's a little bit more confident. And he was kind of the forgotten guy. We didn't really see him on the broadcast a lot because there's just so many players in the mix. 
and he wasn't making birdies like everybody else. So he kind of got forgotten. All of a sudden, he pops up, and he's right there. And so I, I like Justin Rose. There's something about him to me that piques my interest. Um, but I, I have a feeling, Rick, you're, you're really liking Harris English this week. I, I am always right, liking Harris English. I, okay, I like Justin Rose, and, and he was great on approaches last week at the PGA Championship. My issue was uh, he gained over seven strokes with the putter. He was the third best putter in the field, and that's not really Rosie's game. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. Uh, but no, you're right. It's it's Harris English for me, and uh, that's essentially it in this in this range. I like Billy Horschel a little bit, but Harris English, he's a top twenty machine, and it doesn't seem yeah. to matter what the event is, right? It could be the three M, which we know was a weak field. He finished T eighteen. It could be the Memorial or the PGA Championship, which we know were absolutely stacked fields. He went thirteenth and nineteenth there, respectively. I mean, the guy has just been an unbelievable top twenty machine and maybe now i don't know maybe now that he's 93 he needs more than a top 20 now now it like now it's a, a t19's not okay anymore maybe it needs to be a t9 but like yeah. he's also you know what i mean but he's also like i don't know he's just uh, an absolute oh here's a great stat for you okay i have this one since the restart he has averaged 1.63 strokes gained per round on tour that is the best mark of anyone in this field not Webb Simpson has been better. No, no, no one. He's the best. He's the best guy on average since the restart. That is uh, an amazing statistic. Yeah. Let me, let me just make a case for Billy Horschel. I want to okay. just see your, I want to hear your thoughts on this. He's played here eight times. Okay. He's got two top tens. One of them was last year, tied six last year. Back in 2016, tied fifth. And 2018, he was tied 11th. Okay. So tied 11th, tied six the past two years, which is uh, by all of my accounts, pretty good course history. He's clearly comfortable with it. Talk about some of the key stats that we look for. He hits 64.3% of his fairways. Okay, so he's 50-30. Definitely would fit that mold of accurate drivers of the golf ball. Not the most accurate, but accurate enough. Makes some birdies. He's not quite to that 4.0 mark that I really like to see in birdie average, but 3.95, that puts him at 51st. So, that's pretty good. His scoring average for the year is 30th. And so I really like all that. And, and he's made four cuts in a row. Now, PGA Championship was tied 43rd. He kind of got stuck in the mud a little bit, didn't make a lot of headway. He, was, he finished at even par with rounds of 69, 71, 71, 69. But that's not a sign of a guy who's playing bad. Let's go back to the Workday Charity Open. Tied 7th. The Memorial tied 13th. Tied 25th. Uh, in Memphis, the guy is, I, I think, playing really well, putting solid rounds together. It seems like he's a really low round away from contending. Do you think Billy Horschel's capable of going low for four rounds and really contending? Oh man, Cont- it's it's hard. I think he's. I think he can absolutely finish in the top ten. Can he win the golf tournament? I don't know. I, but for me, I think if you're looking in this range. I think I'm very clear that I think I think Harris English is the best play. I think Billy Horschel is second. I think Justin Rose is third, and I think Jordan Spieth is fourth. Like I think there's a pretty clear delineation for me about how I rank these guys in this situation. So if Billy Ho is yeah top top two out of four, like I uh, I do understand what 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 there is to like about him. Yeah, I, there, there's definitely a lot I like there. And he pops up this time of year. So yeah. I, I'm definitely pro Billy Horschel, but it's hard to take away from Harris English. So I think 
I think your ranking is is extremely accurate, uh, which is no surprise for a guy like you. Oh, hey, thanks. Uh, Jordan Spieth, like, no, right? We're just not we're just not touching this for a while. No, I mean, I don't want a guy on my team who's grinding on his golf swing and has been for two and a half years. Yeah. It, look, I, I love the guy, but it, it's he's not playing golf yet. He's still trying. He's still searching. So it's really hard. It would be, it would be like a random pop-up if he contended and it'd be exciting and all, and I'll probably throw him in one lineup, but um, yeah, it's definitely a no for me. All right. Um, We're going to talk a little bit more about, uh, oh, we have a prop game question. We've got the 8k range and the value plays, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. And we're back. Greg, can I offer you a chance to win $2,000 this weekend? Uh, Yes, you can. Can I have two? Yes, sure. Sure. Uh, 2000 bucks with no need to put your own money at stake. Just go to cbssports.com slash golf props to play. A link is, of course, in the description, so you have zero excuse. Our full tournament game is up. Whoa, dropped my thing there. Up right now, and you can answer this question for a chance to win. And, of course, because we are professionals, and this is a professional segue, uh, we're going to go from Jordan Spieth to Jordan Spieth. So here's the prop, Greg. Where will Jordan Spieth finish the Wyndham Championship? And let me give you the options. 15th place or better, top 15. 16th to 25th. 26th to 35th. Or 36th place or worse. I think Jordan can get a top 20. I'm, I'm going to go 16th to 25th. I think Jordan can make birdies. I, he is very capable of making birdies. Yeah, he is. The thing that typically gets him 
is a is a couple of bad holes, and that is the kind of uh, the kind of fingerprint that lands you somewhere around twenty second place. So I'm thinking Jordan Spieth's going to come in T22 this week uh, or thereabouts. So 16 to 25th for me. He actually has a second place finish here. It was like 2013, I think. He's only played here twice. Uh, and then last year he finished 78th. So one of those where you make the cut and then you just like finish like last. Yeah. So the guys who made he, the cut. he can make birdies. He could definitely he could definitely make birdies. Um, I'm I'm pretty optimistic considering the the strength of this field, but I'm gonna go just one ring lower than you. I'm gonna take 26th to 35th, which I gotta tell you, uh, looking at his recent results, this would be a pretty good <laughs> this would be a pretty yeah. good one for him. So yeah, see the strength of field is interesting with a guy like this because he's fighting mistakes that he that he makes it's sure. not like he's going out there getting beat he he beats himself a lot so um i, I don't know that strength of field really matters much especially when the guys are going to go as low as they will go this week you might be absolutely correct on that one the eight thousand dollar range on DraftKings. uh Led off by Brendan Todd at 8,900, followed by Sung J.M. at 88. And it goes all the way down to Ryan Moore, who we're seeing back in action, 8,100, and Corey Connors at 8,000. I got to tell you, Greg, uh, I, I have a guy here. I have a guy you I do. really, really like. I think I know who it might be, but go oh, ahead. No, do you want to play the guessing game? Um, I would say, based on what happened last week, Siwoo Kim. Okay, Siwoo Kim is one of the guys, but he's not the guy. The okay, guy. So then it must be Brendan Todd. The guy is Brendan Todd. Yes, yeah. it has to be. Yeah, the Todd father. Okay, so let's let's talk through this. Uh, we we know the whole story with Brendan Todd. He's got two wins. He's got a fifty-four couple of fifty-four hole leads that have gotten away from him. Uh, but he has been awesome this year i mean i don't think there's any other way to describe it and he just continues to pop up t17 at the pga championship last week like that that should not have really been a, a great fit for him considering how short he is off the tee but he hits every single fairway so when you look at those course key metrics that we've been talking about he is very accurate off the tee he's third in this field he makes enough birdies he's 45th in birdie or better so he's in the top you know third or so of this field and then you look at strokes gained putting and he's 13th he's he's one of these guys that can do all three he is not going to blink until it maybe is like the 12th hole on sunday or whatever but 8900 bucks greg and i i rarely invest in in brendan todd but i keep looking at this and i keep looking at looking at him at 40 to 1 and i'm like yo this might this might have to get something here. This is, uh, it, you're starting to get to a point with Brendan Todd where it's not a fluke anymore. It, it's getting to a point where, okay, this guy's really good. And before he lost his game, he was really good. And he, all, all that's happening is he's believing again. And he, has a, uh, he clearly has a strategy. Uh, he clearly knows what he's working on in his game. He knows his keys to success. And the next hurdle for him is getting over the finish line and getting the job done on Sunday. And you look at levels of performance when you're talking about, a, um, like for me, uh, coaching players, there are levels of performance. Can you do it on a range? Can you do it uh, with a ball? Can you do it on the golf course? Can you do it in a tournament? Can you do it on Sunday of a tournament? There are seven levels of performance. And for Brendan Todd, he's right now a level six player. He's just got to take the next step and do it on Sunday to win. Brendan Todd, I don't know if there's anybody in the field who's playing better than him. 
it, it'd be really, it, it would honestly be a hard sell to say somebody here is, is playing better than him right now um, overall. So I love the play. And Jacob, I think he's definitely getting looks from me. Producer Jacob and I were talking before we went on air. We were like, Brendan Todd's like win this golf tournament. Like the Wyndham Championship is made for guys like Brendan Todd to go yeah. out and win. Yeah, it is. It, it's almost like too good to be true. Tell yeah. me about Siwoo Kim. Yeah, all right. So Siwoo Kim, uh, let's be real here. You have to kind of decide what type of golfer that you want. And if you want someone who is safe and who is consistent and who is definitely not going to burn you, uh, you don't want Siwoo Kim. Okay, because he is certainly that type of guy. Now, he's actually been better recently. I think he's made six or seven straight cuts, uh, finished 13th last week at the PGA Championship. And remember, oh, by the way, he won this event in 2016 and finished fifth in 2019. He has a pretty good history on Donald Ross tracks, and he's playing at least like better than what we've seen from Siwoo Kim in, in quite some time. So I, that, that's the case to be made for him. Yeah, um, it's definitely a buckle your seatbelts and hold on for the <laughs> yeah. ride. If, if you want to kind of know where you stand with him by Friday afternoon, maybe by Thursday afternoon, <laughs> like if you're all or nothing kind of guy, then yeah, go in on Siwoo Kim. I tend to be a little bit safer in my picks. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking at a guy like, like Sergio Garcia, who believe okay. it or not, he missed the cut last week that you mentioned. I think that's a, actually a benefit. He just had a brutal time. It, it's one of those things in majors where you hit it into the rough and you draw it, what, what's your lie like? And it can change your whole week. And he kept getting on the wrong side of the lies. I think this week it's going to be much more uh, friendly for Sergio Garcia. I don't think he's going to get as frustrated. And I do think it's a venue where he's quite comfortable. He's played uh, not a lot recently, but in the past he has played a lot. He won in 2012. He was tied 24th in 2018. He came in fourth in 2009. I know that's a long time ago, but it just speaks to the fact that he's familiar with the golf course. So uh, in that aspect, I like Sergio. He's a great driver of the golf ball. The one thing that kind of holds me back with him is the putting. And I don't know where I stand with that, but Sergio can get hot with a putter and contend. But speaking of putting, Rick, before – and I'll let you make a point on both these guys. Adam. Okay. But – you talk about professional teases, professional segues. Uh, <laughs> the next guy is a great putter, and you have to mention him because of his course history. It's Brant Snedeker. Yeah, Brant I knew Snedeker, you were say Brant Snedeker. Yeah, I mean, you have to. He's won twice. He shot 59 here, as you mentioned earlier, and he's clearly comfortable. Now, he's not having the best season so far on the PGA Tour, but he's a guy who's played 12 times here, and six of them have been top 10s. Two of those have been wins. Sometimes – it all it takes is you to get on a comfortable course horses for courses this is classic he's only at 8200 that's because of the way his form has been this year but you know i did i did see some good play last week he made the cut so that that was definitely uh, a positive but you get him at a good discount on a course that he clearly loves so i i think brand snedeker is definitely worth the look I I'm out on Snedeker uh, because he doesn't have a top 20 in any of his last nine starts. He's missed five cuts in the process, but I do yeah. think, I do think this is where we're going to get a really good opportunity to look at recent form versus course history, because you've got a guy yeah. who's got course history, you know, like nobody else. He's not playing well at the moment. Can those vibes, can the good feels, can the course knowledge and the, and the success click something for him. I, I, I do think it's interesting. I won't be along for the ride, but I am a, a 
close viewer of what's going to happen this week with Brant Snedeker. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you the optimism on, on Sergio. He lost uh, five and a half strokes putting last week in two rounds, which is almost so bad that you just say, like, there's no way that happens again, right? Like, yeah. that's, there's no way. And actually, here's a fun fact. He has not putted that poorly since last year's PGA Championship. He lost wow. six strokes at last year's PGA Championship. This guy's got a little, uh, a little something he can't figure out the greens in, in PGA Championships. Yeah, it's very interesting because both of them, you know what? You bring up something interesting. We're talking about Bethpage Black and Harding Park. Both of those courses, the greens are not overly slopey. They're somewhat benign. They're somewhat flat. There's a lot of straight putts. I mean, watching the highlights of Colin Morikawa, and there are just countless putts that, they have no break to them at Harding Park. Beth Page was very similar. There's not a lot of break in those greens. And I wonder if Sergio, a guy who's won at Augusta National, needs to see mm. a little bit more of a picture. I do think this week there's going to be a little more movement in the greens. And he's not going to feel like he has to be so perfect. So, uh, yeah, maybe you see a turnaround in Sergio uh, this week on the greens. You think he's out there looking for something that's, something that's not there. Right. And we saw that from Tiger Woods this week, too. Um, it, it's like you – you can't believe that it's straight. But <laughs> differently than Tiger, with Sergio, I, I think he has a hard time when he feels like he has to be just perfect. And it gets it – gets, the hole just starts to look so small. Like there's no way a ball can get in there because you have a 20-foot putt that you have to play inside the hole. Your aim has to be perfect. Mm. Your start line has to be perfect. And you got to be able to keep the speed up. And I, I think that's tough for a guy like Sergio. Whereas when you can kind of throw it out to an apex – it, it paints a, a picture for you and you can kind of focus on speed and you can just get it out high enough and you can just kind of see where that, uh, where that high point is. And it changes the, the perception of how perfect you have to be. So there, there is a, a rare occasion where slopier greens can help a player who's not feeling great with the putter. Uh, and, and that may be the case with Sergio Garcia. That's like bubble golf where you got to kind of see it a little bit. You got to yeah, paint that right. picture. And the only reason I hadn't thought about that until you mentioned his lack of success at the PGA Championship. That kind of maybe there's a, a coincidence there. So interesting. Makes a lot more sense. Um, Seven thousand dollar range here, and this is where, as we normally see, uh, the tiers get bigger. And then in a field that lacks the star power of a PGA Championship or anything like that, uh, we got some names here. We got some names we got to talk through and some guys that you might want to avoid. And there might be some, some pretty deep values on. A couple of quick notes here. Uh, Lonto Griffin at 7,400 has withdrawn. He's out. Don't play him. Uh, this tier starts with Joaquin Neiman, Dylan Fratelli, and defending champion JT Poston. They're at the top. And it goes all the way down to a bunch of guys that are $71 or $7,000 flat, talking about Zach Johnson, Aaron Wise, friend of the pod, Scott Stallings. Like, that's the type of golfers that we're seeing in this range. So, Greg, we'll start with you. Is there anybody in this range that you're excited about playing? So, I got a, I got a top-end guy. Because, um, look, this is a wide range. The 7K range, as we've seen the, the 9K range shrink, 7K kind of expands. And you have – you have some players who are, you know, at, at times elite players. And then you have some guys that you haven't really heard of recently down at the bottom. So I'm going to give you a guy at the high end of the sevens and a guy at the bottom. Guy at the high end, I, to me, is Joaquin Neiman. And again, we're going back to this same debate with Brad Snedeker. 
course history versus uh, versus recent form. Now, the course history isn't nearly as strong for Joaquin Neiman. He's played here twice, tied 33rd and 18, tied 13th last year. It's definitely trending in the right direction. Uh, but there are definitely some aspects of his game that I find to be important. Eighth and strokes gain approach, right? You have to, although it's a shorter course, his advantage in that aspect may go down a little bit, but he's going to give himself a lot of looks. We know that. Um, so he's, he's 22nd tee to green. He's one of the best ball strikers on tour. We know that. But he, he's 45th in birdie average as well. And I see this as a week where Joaquin Neiman gets back on track. I think he's too good to be finishing the way that he has been. And I, I think he's really going to turn the tide here this week um, on a course where he's trending in the right direction. Um, I'm always a fan of, of Joaquin Neiman. My, my general belief is like, if you were to just, I don't know how you want to do this, like pick Joaquin Neiman to win or like put him in your DraftKings lineup. Like I, I want him like every week for the next 50 weeks. Cause he's going to pop off. He's going to win. Right. I don't know when it's coming, uh, but he has that skill set, right? Like I, yeah. I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in Neiman just kind of like long-term stock buying. Um, Dylan Fratelli's here. Dylan Fratelli is yeah. 7,900. Greg, as you know, I love the guys who play well from tee to green. That gets my juices flowing. And Dylan Fratelli certainly fits that description. So since the restart, he has gained over a stroke per round from tee to green. To put that into perspective, it is the ninth best mark on tour. Anyone on tour, not in this field, anyone on tour who has played as many rounds as he has. So, wow. as we talk about all the time, uh, start rolling some putts in and you will find yourself at the top of this leaderboard. He went back-to-back with top 25s at the 3M Open, at the Memorial, then he finished T33 last week. So, I, I think I've identified a guy who has a skill set that I love uh, it is translating into some decent results for him, and now he's seventy nine hundred dollars in a field where he should he should probably be in the eight thousands. Yeah, I would agree with that. He's a really good player, and he's not afraid to go low. Where we saw him shoot what sixty two at the RBC Heritage. Yeah, he was the clubhouse leader right. for a minute. <laughs> right. So um, definitely has some talent, and he won last year uh, on the PGA Tour. So I love I love the Fertilli pick. Um, definitely a good one. I forgot to tell you, I have a middle, I have a mid-range guy that I, I'm not overly confident about, but I want to get your thoughts. But let me, let me give you my bottom, and he's yeah. right at the $7,000 range. You may find this entertaining, Rick. Uh, <laughs> this name popped up earlier in the year, and it's Cameron Davis. Okay. Okay, so Cameron Davis, I think you had him in some computer-generated model where he That is correct. Picked, he right? was, uh, we did a season-long draft with a computer, gener- a, a computer random number generator, and Cam Davis was selected by the computer, and we laughed, and we laughed, and we laughed, and then he was like top five in like the first two tournaments of the year or something like that. Right. <laughs> And I'll tell you, I, I've gotten a chance to watch this kid a little bit. And look, we can get into some of the stats here, right? He he was he played he's played here once, tied twenty second last year, which is a nice finish. Um, but recently, he was tied twelfth at the three M Open. He was tied thirty second at the Barracuda, which you know that may not get your juices flowing, but the three M Open definitely has my interest yeah and and he's pretty good tee to green right he's 45th tee to green he's 65th off the tee and 65th approaching the green those are the statistics but i i love watching this kid play and that that golf swing is so sweet it's languid it's fluid it's a beautiful golf swing to watch so uh, i i think he's a really talented player and this could be a week where that uh that computer proves that it knows maybe a little bit more than we give it credit. 
our computer overlords are coming to take over if Cam <laughs> if Cam uh, Cam wins this week. Um, how do you generally feel about defending champions? Oh, I'm generally on the uh, on the low end of it because it's hard to back it up. You've got a lot more obligations. You see your name on the posters everywhere, all that stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. There's just more to it, right? It, it uh, and and it doesn't happen very often. That's really the main thing. It it just it doesn't happen often. And there's a lot that goes into it. Like you said, the media requests increase. You, especially if you're like a JT Poston, which yeah. he's our defending champion this week. You're not used to that. You've never defended a PGA Tour event before. So you, this is a new experience. Now, there's no fans, which may or may not help. But there's, there's definitely a different buzz when you're around. You're requested into the media room, right? People want to interview you more. Your time is pulled away, picked and prodded away. And next thing you know, your routine is thrown off. And it's completely different than it was the year before. So generally, yeah, I generally fade uh, defending champions, unless their name is Brooks Kepka. <laughs> then it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I'm out on, on posting as well. Um, I, I love... So the, the, there's a part of me that loves having a, like the restart as a very tangible place to start with stats, right? Because the season's usually yeah. so long and you're like, right. oh, well, the 2020 season, well, that actually went back to like September of 2019. Right. But like the restart is a very natural place to like start looking at stats again. And now we're getting enough rounds for a lot of guys and, and it's really interesting. And when you look at JT Poston, uh, the huge bugaboo has been his strokes gained approach, which is again, one of my favorite stats. He's lost... Uh, 0.88 strokes on approach per round. It is the worst mark on tour of anyone who's played 20 rounds. That is not inspiring confidence when that is arguably the most important stat. And yeah, you're like dead last on tour of anybody with a sample size. And I, I'm going to look this up, Rick. But I believe last year, it was a, off the top of my head, I really think it was a strength of his. Um, so uh, that is an alarming sign for sure to add along with all the, the media mumbo jumbo that happens when you're the defending champ to add into the fact that it just doesn't happen very often. That's definitely concerning. So on the year, and I know you like to look at the, um, yeah, last year he was, he was 58th. That was right there with his best statistic on the year. He was 50th in strokes game putting, but uh, uh, approaching the green was definitely a strength. So that is alarm. And now he's 178th on tour this season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fade post in. Fade post in. $6,000 range. This is where uh, it's scary. I'm scared. Yeah. I need a hug down here in this range. Uh, it starts with Jason Kokrak, Adam Long, and Zinzun Zhang, and goes all the way down to who's, mid, who's dead men here? Greg Chalmers, Ben Taylor, Vince Covello, Michael Gellerman, Martin Trainer. I mean, these these are some uh, these are some names, Greg. So um, you know how we always talk about this when you get down into these in these kind of fields, you get down into this range, and you have to have you have to find you have to scratch and claw and grit your teeth to find something to say. Yeah, yeah this is a good idea, and it's not blindly throwing a, uh, you know, a dart at the dartboard, right? And I do think there is at least one player down here who I can comfortably say I think is a smart play this week. Okay, so let me give you my first guy. He has been in the news this year. He is a guy whose name you would not have known if it weren't for the pandemic. It's Denny McCarthy. 
Denny oh, McCarthy has my interest this week. Okay, so tied 22nd in 2019, tied 36 in 2018. So, you know, you're trending in the right direction. It's not uh, overly exciting, but for a guy in his price range, yeah, that's pretty good. And he leads the PGA Tour in strokes game putting, which I love. And you talk about birdie average being important. I guess he went birdie or better percentage, but what I have here, uh, he's 27th in birdie average. So I, I really like that aspect for him. And then what's, what's his recent play been like? Well, he's been, you know, it hasn't necessarily been great, but he's been making cuts. Tied 58th at the Memorial, tied 32nd at the 3M Open, made the cut this week at, at, uh, at the PGA Championship. A 73 in the final round really derailed him, but uh, tied 58th. So I, I think there's something there with Denny McCarthy, and this may be the kind of week where, uh, where that, that elite putter pops up and gives himself a chance to win. Okay, I don't mind that one single bit. I'm also going to make I'm going to make a Greg pick here. I'm going to pick a guy that I feel like you always like. Uh, it's Kyle Stanley. You're Kyle. Yeah, Stanley, I love right? Kyle Stanley. Yeah, there he goes. Okay, so here's here's a Greg pick for you. Um, and, and I'm not sure. I can't tell you the last time I bet on Kyle Stanley or put him in a lineup. But if there was a time, it feels like right now and you know he's led by that approach play right we know he hits his irons very well he has two top 15 finishes in greensboro in his last three trips and he did not play the pga championship but his last event on the pga tour was the barracuda he finished 12th there so when you're looking for like there's a lot of guys you know the six thousand dollar range it's guys that are coming up from the corn ferry guys that don't have a lot of um you know, of events under their belt. Kyle Staley's not that guy. He's a seasoned vet. He plays well here. He's played well recently on tour and he has that one skill set. That's what we're looking for down here. Like the one skill set that I really like. So yeah, he's a great ball striker. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those few guys and I haven't seen what it is this year, but he, he lives in that 70, 70 club where he can hit 70% of his fairways and 70% of his greens um, which is outstanding. And so he really is a good player. The question for him is, can he make enough birdies? And that's where he gets on some of these courses. Sometimes he gets it going and he can contend. So I, I love the pick. He's um, the guy He's the guy who's four under through six holes on Thursday morning. And you're like, oh, here we go. It's yeah. Kyle Stanley week. And uh, it's never Kyle Stanley week. But maybe this week. I think this week might be Kyle Stanley Well, week. in the past couple of years, he has had some nice runs at it. Mainly back in 2018, he had a couple runner-up finishes. He really lost his game last year. But, hey, you never know, right? You're always a week away. That's right. I got one more guy. I, I know we're up against it here. That's all right. I, I got, got another guy, too. Yeah. Okay, good. So um, I'll go first. Seamus Power. Ooh. Okay, he's, now. He's not, he doesn't hit it far despite his name being Power. That's right. He is not a power <laughs> player. He is uh, typically a, a pretty good putter. He yes. was re- ranked really high in strokes game putting last year. This year he's 71st. Uh, he's 43rd around the green. He's a, he's a crafty little wedge player. And he is 11th in proximity to the hole. Which, look, how valuable is that stat? I I don't know overall. I don't know what that really means, but it definitely caught my eye grasping for straws. What does he do well? Well, he hits it close to the hole a lot and makes some putts. But what does that mean? You hit it close to the hole. Well, why do you want to do that? Well, you want to make birdies. What, where is he in birdie average? He's ninth on tour. So yeah. I, a Seamus Power to me has this uh, ability to make birdies, and this may be the kind of golf course where he pops off. So I, I actually have found a couple guys down here that I – I, I kind of like because I feel like I actually found a reason to 
to say yes. And so uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. And you add Kyle Stanley into the mix. I mean, the 6K You're range is looking like here. gold. You're going to have five or six guys from this range, I think, in your lineups. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but I may get two. I may get a couple of maybe Brooks Kepka and Webb Simpson on the same team. Maybe Patrick Reed and Webb Simpson. There you go. Seamus Power finished uh, ninth at the Barracuda. That was his last event. So uh, feeling good, looking good. One last guy, uh, Bryce Garnett. Bryce Garnett, we have not seen since the 3M. Uh, he finished T26 there. Has a 17th place finish at the RBC. So he's got a couple of decent results here in the restart. But you look at his history here at the Wyndham Championship. The last three years he's played it. It's actually over four years, but he played it three times. 20th, 20th, and 6th place finish. And oh, by the way... He's almost one of these guys who gains strokes in all four categories. Almost. So close. His approach game is like 0.03 in the negative. He's like, like one thousand. We got round up. We got yeah, round we up. Round up. We're going to give it to him. We're going to give it to him. So he's one of these solid all-around guys that I like. So that's, I like he was it. the last one that caught my eye. I like it. Uh, I think that'll do it, Greg. I mean, don't forget, we've got golf on CBS this week. CBS has you covered. As the PGA Tour makes its final stop before the FedEx Cup playoffs, watch the Wyndham Championship on CBS. Mark Immelman will be there chasing down Jordan Spieth, Brooks Kepka, Patrick Reed. Uh, this is a, actually a low-key loaded field. Stream for free on CBSSports.com or the CBS Sports app. You can also watch on CBS All Access through your OTT device with authentication. Uh, all right, Greg. Like, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm stoked for this. I don't, I don't care if it's, uh, if it's not a major, let's do it. Well, this is the beauty of fantasy golf, right? It brings you in, it gets you engaged with some of these players that you may not know. That's why I like it. Uh, and, and that's why I, quite frankly, I think it's great for the game, right? I'm, I'm a, a PGA of America professional. I'm all about growing the game. As they say, this is how you grow the PGA tour. You get people engaged in some of these other players where there, there are great stories down at the bottom of fields. And in a field like this, uh, this week, there will be great storylines all over the place. I, Rick, I can't wait. That's exactly right. The first cup pod still going all out. Preview pod coming tomorrow. And, of course, rounds by round recaps. I want to thank Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at TheRealGFD. You can find me on Twitter at RickRunGood. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time. Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.